Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Well, good morning, Bill. Welcome back to another great week. Yeah, boy, the summer is passing quickly. So Flying by, it's sad, I know. Indeed, and it's interesting that in this August, it's more reminiscent of last August than many of us expected in terms of a lot of news about COVID and what's happening with COVID, how we're having to deal with it. And the latest now that's been in a lot of people's minds, is there a need for some people who have been vaccinated with the RNA vaccines that have two doses? Are there some patients that should get a third third dose? And I think we the CDC just had something on that recently, didn't they? Yeah, they just updated this. I think it was August 13th that now they're recommending a third dose for certain people uh, that are moderately to severely immunocompromised, really based on the data that they've been seeing that when people that were vaccinated ended up hospitalized with COVID, they usually had an underlying immune compromised state. And so that's the thought is perhaps those folks just never developed a robust enough immune response the first time around. And there is some data to show that having a third dose actually increases that immunity to a more protective state. Well, as you were speaking, a third dose recommended on Friday the 13th, the numerologist yes. is crazy <laughs> with that, um, but I'm not a numerologist, that's cool. And I had heard this actually anecdotally from some individuals that when they were seeing hospitalizations going up, that the quote breakthrough infections that were getting uh, being hospitalized did tend to be patients who had some level of immunocompromise. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, we think of that as a small subset of individuals, which it is, but it's you know about 3% of the American population, which is not an insignificant number of people. And for those to understand, of course, the way that the vaccines work is they essentially need to stimulate our immune systems to produce a response to, in this case, the spike protein of COVID. And that needs to be both B cell and T cell and NK cell. So there's all these different cells of the immune system that have to respond to really have an effective immune response. And so that's where people sometimes get confused about they got immunized and had antibodies. Why wouldn't they be as protected as anyone else? And there's probably just gaps in there and how their immune system has responded. Mm -hmm. Each time we see a challenge, that you build up more memory, your immune system has memory and you build up more memory and ability to respond. So that's why the thought now that the third dose, and there is a small number of study cases where they've demonstrated that that third dose does increase the level of immunity, at least the antibodies at a minimum neutralizing antibodies, even in those people. So yeah. that's why. Yeah, well, see, it's so great to have you here as an immunologist and you know me as a microbiologist, between the two of us, we can explain this, which is great. Yeah, we can try at least. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our best. And as a so I probably should clarify, of course, as you know, it's not all vaccines. It's the people, if you receive the Pfizer, the Moderna, they're now recommending a third dose of those two vaccines. There are a number of people who have reached out to me and probably to you too uh, about, well, what I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. What should I do? You know, what we're talking about people that have been treated for cancer, have had a stem cell transplant within the last couple of years are being treated with steroids or other immunosuppressive drugs at significant dosages. 
you know, those people should ideally be under the care of a provider. So mm -hmm. the best thing is just to reach out and talk to your provider about what's the best thing for you to do. I'm a hematopathologist as well. This has been a concern for some time because we've known that patients with blood cancers with hematologic malignancies tend to do quite poorly with COVID. It's been a real concern of my colleagues. And in addition to the vaccines that we are working on other treatments for patients that might not be able to respond well to the vaccines or that develop uh, symptomatic infection, even though they've been vaccinated, in addition to more vaccines. So that's something we continue to work on. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the monoclonal antibody therapies, which actually I know have been used a lot in this recent wave in hospitalizations. There's convalescent plasma, which continues to be effective and some interesting stuff there. And then the problem, the thing that we're really working towards in many areas is what's called hyperimmune globulin, which is actually when you take essentially convalescent plasma from a number of individuals and condense it down into a form that it can be given as an intramuscular injection that will then be with you for a couple of weeks. So you don't have to be in the hospital mm -hmm. or can be even given prophylactically, i.e. in someone that you would be worried they didn't have a strong immune response to protect them. So those are all the things that are being worked on right now in addition to an additional shot. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because here we, we started off by saying, boy, it seems a little bit like a look back to last year, you know, here we are entering the fall and we're still talking about COVID, but boy, we're now in a completely different spot than we were last fall when we were just trying to get enough tests and there was no vaccine and, you know, we're such a stronger place now and we have these vaccines that are highly effective and now we have this indication for our, our 3%, that, that sizable percentage in the United states of individuals that are moderately to severely immunocompromised. So it's encouraging to know that we have these different ways to protect ourselves from this potentially fatal disease. Yeah. And I think the other two things I would add, I agree hundred percent, number one, that we're in a much better spot. We know how to take care of patients better. Mm -hmm. We have more tools to take care of patients. The other thing on the one side, I've heard people tell me, well, that means the vaccines don't work. Well, the vaccines work. In fact, even for those who get sick and are in the hospital, the data shows that, that if you've been vaccinated, that you have a much better chance of getting out of the hospital more quickly, um, a much less chance of dying. And so we, it does work. It's just a tool, though. It's not the be all and end all. We need to continue to work on it. And the, the medical and scientific communities continue with that same high level of teamwork that we saw really in the early days. I mean, people still continue to work around the clock on this, including Mayo Clinic. The other thing though, is that, you know, when you talk about where we are in the world, this August versus last August, we will continue to see debate because there, there are large parts of the globe that still have significant parts of their populations that have not been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other thing that will continue to see this sort of dynamic of getting people protected in the United States and Europe, make sure people across the globe have access to the vaccines. And that's why when people say, well, why doesn't just everyone get a booster then? We need to really be thoughtful about uh, making sure that we're using the vaccines that we have globally to their best effect. That's a good point. We're very fortunate here in the United States that we have access to three excellent vaccines. And as of this morning, the CDC COVID tracker shows that 72% of adults have had at least one shot of the wow. vaccine in the United States. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I, th I think the debt indicate that there's been an increase again in people getting vaccinated with the most recent mm -hmm. wave. Yep, the numbers have gone up now. They've been giving out more vaccines in the past week than they had the week before. So that's promising. I think part of that has to do with this um, additional spike in cases we've seen. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully we can get out in front of this. 
get people vaccinated, get people safe and get COVID behind us, but there's still more work to be done. I know. So yeah, I'll just summarize briefly then for all of our listeners. So at this time, it's people who are moderately to severely immunocompromised that it's being recommended by the CDC to get that third dose. And that would be, for those of you who are wondering what that means, who are those people, that would be individuals that are receiving active cancer therapy. So they're actively receiving chemotherapy right now. They received an organ transplant and they have medication that they're taking to suppress the immune system. They received a stem cell transplant within the past two years. They have either a actually inherited primary immune deficiency syndrome or something that's induced, like something caused by HIV infection, or they're actively being treated with high-dose corticosteroids. So again, like you said, Bill, 3% of the United States population, it's small, but still a sizable percentage of people who are in these categories here. So again, any of these individuals really should be talking to their healthcare providers and, and getting some guidance on whether or not they are really eligible and should be considering that third dose. Exactly. All right. Good updates. And I'm sure there'll be more to talk about in the coming weeks. I'm sure there will, because, you know, well, now after we come to this, of course, it's going to be back in school and sports. And I'm mm-hmm. sure and all those questions will come up, too. So we'll be around. We'll be here to talk. So <laughs> yep. it'll give us something to help hopefully share useful information with people. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, Bill. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.